1: Since the day she gave me that coveted final rose, my wife, Trista Sutter, has made me a better person. If she can get me to know better, to do better, and to just all around be better, then I'm sure she can do it for you too. You're listening to Better Etc. with my wife and your host, Trista Sutter. Hey,
0: everybody. This is Trista, and you're listening to episode 33 of the Better Etc. podcast. Welcome, welcome. Okay, today's guest is Karen Salmanson, and she and I are going to be talking today about her book, Happy Habits, 50 Science-Backed Rituals to Adopt or Stop to Boost Health and Happiness. And this is only one of her books. She is a multi best-selling author. She calls herself a happiness and wellness research geek. It is her mission, and I love it, to offer easy-to-understand insights and tools to empower you to bloom into your happiest, highest potential self. She has video courses that radically improve your life in under 10 minutes a day, which include courses like Manage and Avoid Drama Llamas, Secrets of Happy Couples, Broken Heart Recovery, and more. She was a joy to talk to, and I think we share a lot in common in that I love researching, and the way that she came about being an author is one of those things that makes me say, I wish I had done what she has done. She's a mom. She is a New Yorker, and you can find her on Not Salmon, so N-O-T-S-A-L-M-O-N.com. Her name is spelled S A L. M-A-N-S-O-H-N. So she gets a lot of people calling her salmon. We talk all about how you can create good habits and all kinds of great habits that can make your lives happier. You know, the basis of this podcast. I share lots of my favorite habits, too, and some that I really need to put back into practice because they were working so hard to help make my life happy. And these days, holy cow, I need them more than ever. And that, my friends, is going to be my segue into Trista's takes. Do you guys feel like when it rains, it pours? You know that that's obviously a very popular saying, but right now I feel like it is one of those moments. When it rains, it pours. We have had a couple friends let us know that they are either going through divorce or have been diagnosed with cancer. Our commuter car broke down um what else happened oh and then just like 10 minutes ago i was cleaning the dishes putting the dishes emptying the dishes out of the dishwasher putting more dishes in the dishwasher and both sides of my sink were not draining and i thought hmm this is weird the side that normally drains all the time no matter what's in it is not draining and then i went to turn on the garbage disposal And I felt water (laughs) all over my feet. I'm like, no, 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 because Ryan is in Denver or was in Denver. He's on his way home. He's not going to be a happy camper to come home to have to uh, look under the sink. Uh, I just I swear when it rains, it pours. I know first world problems. I get it. Um, But yeah, I'm just in that place right now. I need to get out of it and actually this episode is a good one to get me out of it. I also wanted to because I haven't yet addressed it. You know what came out about Chris Harrison and leaving the franchise. And I just wanted to say publicly, <laughs> I love you Chris. Uh you're like family and I am so thankful for your role in my life and and all the fun we've had, all the memories we've made over the years in Bachelor Nation. I, of course, publicly support him. I also publicly support the franchise. And who knows if this is what Chris wants? I mean, maybe he wants to be done with it. It's been a really long time. I haven't talked to him yet, but maybe that's what he wants. So I am all for change, especially in a positive direction. And I, personally thought that Caitlin and Taysha were a great addition. I love the way that it's like girlfriends looking out for girlfriends because, of course, I'm a girl's girl. And I loved seeing that with Caitlin and Taysha. at least in the first episode. I haven't caught up to the second episode yet, but I do love that. And from what I hear, there's going to be some great hosts for Bachelor in Paradise. Who knows? Maybe you guys will like it. I wouldn't write it off if you enjoy the show. I mean, I will never write off the show because it's how I met my husband and my children would not exist without it. So I will always be a fan. I will. I wish Chris nothing but the best and it will not be the same without him. But I think that this maybe this is something that he wants. I hope this is something that he wants. And he's had a really successful run and continues to have a successful run if the rumors are correct. And he, you know, was paid for his time. So with all that said, I wish you all the best, Chris. I love you. And I am really excited for this season with Katie and Caitlin and Tasha, being her, her girl girls, her girls girls. <laughs> And I just wish that I could be there, too. So anyway, I hope you all are having a great week. Wherever you're listening to your podcast, whether it's Google or Spotify or Apple, please subscribe or follow, depending on what platform you're listening on. Please share this with a friend if you're enjoying. And if you think that there's something one episode that maybe it would be good for them to hear, uh, whether it's in terms of grief or friendships or road trips with kids or advocating for yourself or being a teenage mom you know there's so many episodes we've done obviously 33 of them so I would love for you all to share it with friends family your social following anyone and everyone and thank you all right here we go I've got your book in front of me, Karen. Welcome, Karen Samelson. It wait, is it Sam Salmon? Sammonson? Bring up a very important thing. It's yes Salmanson. Well
1: Salmonson. And everybody's always mangling it. They're going salmonson, salmonson. I'm always going, <laughs> not salmon, not salmon. Which is why my website is not salmon and Facebook and Instagram is all not salmon because it's it's ongoing. I'm just not even going to go there.
0: Welcome, Karen. (laughs) (laughs) It's just simpler to
1: say Karen. But now Karen is problematic because I just like the name Karen. So it's all just, you know, I think I'm just going to, like, ask Elon Musk to rename. Didn't he name his daughter something very, really strange? Like something that's like the name of an element or something? You know, I think I'd be better (laughs) off. I think I'd be safer.
0: Yeah. You know, and I've got the name, the awkward name too. People get it wrong all the time. Call me Trish, call me Tish, call me whatever. They don't get it, but it's okay. <laughs> it's okay. Okay. So, happy habits yes. 50 science backed rituals to adopt or stop to boost health and happiness. I'm all about this. And I know that we, I believe, share a literary agent in yes, we Celeste do. Fine. Yes. Love yes, her. She's amazing, amazing, amazing. And, you know, reached out to her and said, do you have any clients that you think would want to come on the podcast and talk about how to live a better life? And you fit perfectly onto better, etc. I mean, with all of your books, but uh, and how many books have you written to date? So many that I have lost count because some of
1: them I don't want to count. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I don't want to count that one. But about 50 books, I would say. Yeah. Wow. Some of them are kids' books. Some of them, I, you know, I, I write in different areas. I've, actually, my first published book was a novel. Amazing and and uh, and then I sold that to St. Martin's Press and to Miramax to be a movie, but it never got greenlit. Marissa Tomei, I dropped my novel off at a theater here in New York where I live, where Marissa Tomei was performing, and I thought, oh my god, she'd be perfect for the you know to star Uh because my my lead character had like dark brown curly hair like me, and she just kind of fit. And then I dropped it off, and all my friends teased me. They said, You're so optimistic. She's not going to read it. And then, sure enough, like about a couple months later, I got a call in the morning from somebody claiming to be Marissa Tomei. And I wasn't sure if it was one of my friends, like just teasing me about my totally. optimism. But it was her, and she brought my novel to Miramax, and they optioned it. So I really started off as a novelist. And then I was just reading so much psychology. I'm kind of like a research geek and reading self-help books and ripping off the covers because I didn't want to be seen reading a self-help book because it was so embarrassing to be like, and then I'd also want to recommend self-help books to friends, but then I worried that that would insult them. So I thought, you know, there should be self-help for people who wouldn't be caught dead reading self-help. (laughs) Or self-help that you can give to a friend as a gift, and they're not going to punch you because it looks kind of cool.
0: Totally. So that's
1: when I came up with my first book idea for this, which was a book called How to Be Happy, Damn It, with Damn It in the the title. And it was, like, you know, unheard of back then. And this was back in, like, the year, gosh, I... 2000, I think, Uh and nobody was doing that. Now there's curse words galore and book titles, but I was considered like outrageous to have the word damn it. But now there's like the F word, the the S word, the A word, you know, but, um, and then how to be happy, damn it came out. It was a big bestseller. So amazing. after that, I just thought, okay, this is good. And, and then I, I research on a topic that I'm interested in. So I'm already interested in it. So the passion is there. The purpose is there because it, it's sometimes something that I'm personally dealing with. Uh-huh. And then I get the publisher to pay me to do all the research that I love to do anyway, and then write, which I love to do anyway. And so I focus on different topics. And usually whatever I'm dealing with is something that's, you know, a, a lot of people, you know, because I'm, I'm in there, like we're all go through stuff. Yeah. So that's sort of what happens is that's how I started doing what I do. Genius.
0: It really (laughs) is genius. I love it. I am what I think I would call a research geek too. I love researching and I think you have come up with the perfect idea. I mean, that's why part of why I started the podcast is because I wanted to talk to people about things that I need help with. So
1: (laughs) yeah, yeah, definitely.
0: Okay, so happy habits, I thought was so great, because not only do you talk about habits that you can incorporate into your life, but why it's beneficial to incorporate happy habits into your life. So at at first, I want to go over kind of the beginning of the book, and you have these 10 tips on how to incorporate a habit into your life. And you mentioned that 40 to 45% of daily actions are actually pre-programmed habits, which is crazy to me and obviously makes me realize that so much of what we do every single day is just because we do it every single day. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, it makes me think of, you know, the parents who you hear these horror stories of parents who leave their kids in the car because it was an off day. It wasn't something that they, they normally don't drive their kids to school and they had to stop by the post office or something, or they, they went to work instead of driving the kid to school and they leave the kid in the car or something because it's, it wasn't, it wasn't part of their normal daily routine that they're used to. And, and that to me proves that we are habitual beings and so much of what we do is based on our habits. So I thought that was really really interesting, it, but it's lot, like we're a, on
1: autopilot and right. we don't even know it. So a lot of life is about waking up from your autopilot and and then making it a manual setting. And then after you got the manual setting going, then you could let that be your new autopilot. But and and you could get the manual setting set up in in autopilot, I would think sometimes it can happen in a month, you know, Um, because also what happens is, is once you get through the discomfort of the change, you get rewarded for it. So if Uh you can get through that initial period of, oh my God, this change is so hard, then the reward kicks in, like eating healthy, meditating, like in the very big beginning, you have the resistance, the pushback. But then if you could get through, that's why I think it's like 30 days. Once you start seeing a little bit of the reward, you're like, oh, my gosh, I should be doing this. I feel so much better. You know, and once that reward, then you kind of it, it starts to become part of your natural routine because you can understand and it's less effort, more reward versus, you know, so much effort. Right. you don't see the reward right away with a lot of right. these things.
0: Right, right. But I think a lot of what you mentioned is, is really easy to incorporate and start doing. And why not? Because why not live a happy life and get all the rewards? You know, why just continue to beat ourselves up?
1: You can change, you know, people that say in another book of mine that, you know, we're built like our inheritance, our DNA inheritance is to be at a certain set happiness level. That's actually been proven not to be true. Mm-hmm. Different studies say different things, but a lot of them are like it's like 30 to 40 percent inheritance. And they they do make room for that to be somewhat true. But then a big chunk of it is you can change your happiness levels. So you should just say, oh, this is just who I am, because my overriding philosophy is that the reason why we're here on this planet is to learn lessons that help us to grow into our best selves. And so we're here to learn and we're here to change. And and everything is an opportunity for that. You can, you know, reframe things as the opportunity
0: to become your best self. Right. Yes. Perfect. Okay. So I'd love for you to touch on what are keystone habits? Well,
1: keystone habits are the ones that when you change them, you also change your identity in some way. Like you start to think of yourself as different. And they're usually in in my mind for the book, at least I I see them as morning and evening habits because Mm -hmm. there's a belief system that how you start your day and how you end your day is like the most important thing it can affect what goes on in the middle so yeah. i like to start with the keystone habit of meditating and mm-hmm. um some people like to start with working out you know you could do different ones um, sometimes i do both and what that happens is so actually i'll give you the example of eat, of working out when you work out in the morning you get many extra benefits first of all your metabolism You get to ride Mm -hmm. that metabolism wave for the rest of the day. But second of all, your mind says, I just worked out. I'm a person that cares about my health. And that by changing your identity, then you're more likely to eat healthier and do more healthier habits because your identity somewhat shifts by doing that. It creates like a ripple effect. So that's why it's really important to start your day. Your morning is like your trajectory for the day. So a lot of people just wake up, get out of bed and run it. I always do something that centers me and, and makes me have intentional choices for the, for the rest of the day. And then end your day with a keystone habit like gratitude. So when you go to bed, like you can keep a gratitude journal, which I'm a huge fan of, and studies report up the wazoozie that gratitude journals are good for you, not only emotionally, but even physically. They've had like some studies report like people show better health. So I like to do it at night because I believe like it's sort of like letting your subconscious simmer with that. And, you know, then you wake up in a better mood. It's easier to get out of bed. Like you're kind of like planting happier thought seeds into your mind as you go off into sleep. So those are the keystone habits. The other thing about ending your day with gratitude is once you start getting into the gratitude practice of knowing I'm going to end my day tonight thinking about things I'm grateful about. Then what happens is you go throughout your day and you, you start to collect Moments that oh maybe I'll say that tonight maybe I'll because uh-huh. you know you have like a meeting with yourself right at bedtime we're gonna list the things you're grateful about because what I like to do when I when I tell clients to have a gratitude and evening gratitude practice I don't want them to name the same thing over and over and over because that's like white right. noise you don't even know to, I'm grateful I'm alive I'm grateful you know no look for the specific details. And really notice it because that makes you really take it into your system versus like Mm -hmm. general, you know, Hallmark reading card. I'm grateful, you know, for the food I, you know, like stuff like really be detailed about it. I'm grateful this happened today, this little moment. And then
0: you kind of look for it. So I actually wrote a book on gratitude. We sat down, our literary agent, and and she said, because I wanted to write a children's book at the time. And she said, well, I think you should go an adult route. Like, tell me who you are, what you're passionate about. And gratitude was super high up there and the power of being grateful. And, and so I wrote a book on gratitude. And, and actually, I have been doing that with my kids since they were little. Like, we talk about our favorite part of the day for that exact reason, I want to end the day on a good note. I want them, I wanted them to end the habit of, of noticing those great moments throughout the day. And, you know, we all could use some work at it because they'll be in bed and I'll ask them a question and they'll say school or going to the skate park or whatever. And I, I would like them to become more detail oriented. So I think it's a great habit. To start to end the day on a positive note, but also to infuse that gratitude throughout the, the next day and the day after that, so that you continue to pay attention yes. to those little moments that you should be, be awake. Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, definitely. Yeah,
1: I, I call it looking for your invisible blessings, because these yes. things can be invisible if you're not
0: like awake to them, like little moments. Right, right. I, I I don't know who said this. I feel like someone said it, but if because I, I I have quotes throughout my book and whatever you focus on, that's what you see. So if you focus on the good stuff, then you're gonna see the good stuff. And if you focus on the bad stuff, then that's what you see. I
1: have an expression for that. I call that being
0: okay. a positive evidence collector
1: or a negative evidence collector. And I talk about that so much to my 10-year-old son that he always now whines when I'm like, you're being a negative evidence collector. Like if he's in that mode about something, Uh you know, and then I tell him, I try to get him to
0: shift over to being a positive evidence collector. Awesome. I love that I'm stealing that. Okay. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Okay. Okay. So you talk about habit stacking too. Can you explain what habit stacking is?
1: Yeah. If you're already doing a specific habit, and it could be a neutral habit, we'll call it like coffee, like coffee in the morning, to remind yourself to do something else. Let's say I'm great at drinking coffee, but I suck at drinking water, right? Yes. Guilty. Guilty. So I would put uh, my water bottle next to the coffee Mm -hmm. machine, so I stack it, or vitamins, like something that there's no way you're going to stop me from having my coffee. Like that's like... The given, right? <laughs> right? So you put the vitamins next, you know, you, you put your sneakers near the coffee machine, you know, like totally. whatever it is, or toothbrush, or you know, I mean if it's your if you're not a coffee person, you know, mm-hmm. you make sure, or a note that's near your toothbrush on the bathroom mirror, something where you know you're gonna do that no matter what.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: that's habit stack.
0: Love it. It's such a a great way to incorporate what you need for yourself with what you're already doing for yourself. So, yeah, I love it. Let's get into some of the reframing tools. You say just because a habit is good for you doesn't make it easy to do. Reframe challenging habits so they're positive, easier, and fun. So... I'd love for you to go over those four reframing tools just to make it easier for people to incorporate the habits that they want to incorporate in order to live a happier of your life. Yeah. Yeah.
1: So, well, I'm going to use one right now, the revised time reframe. Sometimes if you even make it a fun game, like like even as a mom, you know, if you say, let's see, can we clean the room in X amount of minutes or something? Like, you know, make it into a game, Um, renaming something with a humor reframe. I've done that myself Um, at the gym. I I used to love the Stairmaster. That was my favorite one, the machine. Uh So I I called myself the Stairmistress instead of the Stairmaster. Like, I am the Stairmistress. I am like, (laughs) you know, like, and kind of gave myself that like um, title. And then Mm that kind of made me want to live up to it. You know, like that type of thing. If you make it sound fun, you know, you could rename something. You could rename a food your kids don't want to eat with a fun name. That helps. I mean, restaurants add on like many adjectives, you know, like if Mm -hmm. if it's not, it's not really um, orange juice. It's like juicy Mandarin magic juice, you know, or it's like something like that. The as if reframe is when You kind of like imagine the results as if you've already achieved it. So that reminds you. Remember what I said before, where sometimes there's um, a time delay um, when you start a new habit. So you're like, I don't know if this is really worth the effort, you know. So you're like, as if, okay, I've already, you know, I. And then you kind of get into that mindset if it has to do with um, money or weight. You start to like feel it, so you really start to get more motivated to do it. You take your eye off the the temporary pain and more into the long-term pleasure. Awesome. Because people great. are motivated by pain or pleasure, basically. Mm-hmm. And so pain can motivate you not to do something. So you kind of have to amp up the pleasure of the result when you're like in too much, like, I don't want to,
0: you yeah, know, remind no yourself, kidding.
1: dangle it. You kind of dangle.
0: Dangle the carrot. Yep. A lot of these line up with something that I started doing last year. I I started playing tennis. I had never played tennis before and I wanted to get in better shape. And my friend who grew up playing tennis and loves it, she was like, would you be interested in playing tennis? And at first I borrowed a racket. I, I had normal like tennis shoes, not tennis shoes, like regular, just workout shoes, running shoes, whatever. So I was not geared up, but we kind of named it something fun. It was like social workout or something like that. So it was like getting together with my friends, doing something that I'm incorporating what I love most out of life. And that's the people in my life that I love. And then trying to work out and calling it something fun. So I love that. Thank you. I just thought of another
1: mom one slightly that I've been using. How old are your kids? 13 and 12. Oh, okay. So they're older too. Right. But I I think this still helps. It might even help more now because my son's going to be 11. When he was little, I didn't want him to feel bad about asking for help. And I had Mm. read some business book that like success in life is how good you are at like teamwork, like working with other people. So Uh, I would just say you need some teammate. You need a teammate. So I kind of want him and I still do it. You know, hey, you need you need a teammate with that. Like, so I want him to know it's okay because in life, wherever he is, he's going to need teammates.
0: So yes. to feel
1: okay about asking for help by renaming it as like teammate.
0: Yes, that's oh so good. Even for parents, even for you know us with our friends. I mean, how many moms do you know who it, it is such a struggle to actually ask for help? Yeah, and and because we don't want to admit that we're. We're not on top of it all and we're not at the best, you know, part of our game. And it might
1: help a friend who doesn't want to admit they need help, need a teammate on this, you know, because it's kind of like a better word for us people that are like, if we want to be seen as strong, we have trouble asking for help. You need a teammate on this. You need another teammate. You need, you know, it just sort of like loosens up some of the, the shame of asking for help, which a lot of people have the problem with.
0: I know, which should it shouldn't be the case, but I think if you get into the habit of using that word, then it'll be easier for you to ask for help and get the help you need when you need it. And then I want to talk about this one, which I think is awesome. So do you watch Grey's Anatomy? No, I don't. Okay. It's okay. You don't have to, because I can explain it. So in, on Grey's Anatomy, there's one particular character who's a neurosurgeon, and she does the Superman pose, where she puts her hands on her hips and stands with her chest tall and her chin up before she does a surgery. And it goes along with what you have put in here about keeping your chin up and your, uh, you know, not hunching your shoulders over, standing tall, and and that can help you to actually feel better just in itself, better posture. Which yeah, I thought... because the mind and
1: body are kind of in cahoots. And so if your body is like confident, it starts to get you to think more confidently and act more confidently. You can jumpstart things like that. There's also something in the book about smiling to um, jumpstart a better mood that that also, it sends signals to your brain like, oh, okay, well, um, it, I must be happier than I think I am. If I'm smiling, I must be more confident right. than I think I am,
0: you know? Right. And actually on that note, um, I thought it was really kind of interesting and funny that you mentioned that there's a study that they did with people who have had Botox yes. that they actually are happier <laughs> because they don't frown as much. I'm like, oh my God. Isn't that hilarious? That's amazing. I mean, that's kind of what I'm gonna say next time. I get Botox so I can live a happier life because I don't frown as much. And there's studies that prove that if you don't frown as much, then you are happy. You know what? <laughs> Dermatologists should really use that more. They often. should. Oh my gosh, I'm gonna take it to my esthetician and say this is this is your next marketing marketing scheme, marketing plan, whatever. Now we're going to get into some of the, my favorite habits that you, and you have tons of them. You have relationship habits, you have home happy habits, you have mental happy habits, you have physical happy habits, work happy, play happy. But so I'd love to get into maybe some of your favorites. Yeah. There is one that you mentioned that was, I had never heard of this before. It's a, it's a Japanese group crying service. Oh, wasn't that the coolest? What? That is, and it, and it kind of goes along, and I don't know if you mentioned this in the book at all, but there is also a laughing... There's a laughing kind of service, too. So could you talk about those two things? Yeah.
1: In the crying one, well, they've done a study. I think it was, I'm doing this by memory now, like 50 different countries. And, you know, across the world, everybody said crying makes them feel better. Like, so that's like a universal thing. I mean, there's not that much you can get 50 different countries to agree on. But, you know. (laughs) but um everybody says that crying after you cry it, it kind of works as a release and then in japan they believe in the power of crying so much that they actually have service like a little service that you could a group that you could go to to cry and they, ha- they hired this this one i got to say like you right is it what's not to love they they hired this handsome man that goes around the room and wipes your tears, this handsome man, and he wipes your tears. And, I mean. And it's very sold. popular amongst the ladies, the research. Yes. Actually, they included that in the research study. Very popular. Yes,
0: I think they should. No, I thought that was really interesting because, yeah, after you have a good cry, you can actually be done with it and move on at least in theory. Yes. (laughs) Yes. I love that they make it that socially
1: acceptable that there's like a known service for that. You know, that's great. I wish
0: they had it here. I wish that someone would take that and run with it. Maybe they need to have the crying and the laughing too, because I know the laughing, the laughing one too, I've heard of, I, I might've even included it in my book where they, they sit around and they start laughing like you force yourself to laugh it's not like you've heard something funny but you start laughing and then it's a group of you and you know how laughter is contagious so everyone starts laughing and I guess there's proven health benefits I don't know if it's endorphins or you know some kind of chemical I think it is some kind of chemical reaction so
1: interesting I've seen like they have yoga
0: mixed with laughter
1: I've seen here in New York. But you know what's interesting? There's also studies that happiness is contagious and so is unhappiness
0: and Mm. that
1: you can pick up people's moods. So the same way that you can catch their laughter... No, actually, that goes against the crying thing on some level. Then you'd be around those people, but true, right? So there goes that study. <laughs> but the study said that couples can pick up their other partner's mood a lot, and they did a test where they gave you. You had a watch. I can't even believe people studied. Somebody set up this test, let alone they studied it. But they, they, I think they pretended maybe to give your partner. An electric shock. This sounds hard. Oh my gosh. It's an actual study, yes. though. I mean, I think I've seen it. I've heard about this. Yes. Yeah. And then I'm watching my partner get the electric shock, and I have the same reaction to their reaction that the empathy that you have for your partner can change your emotional state. Mm. You know, so, yes. so if your partner is in a lot of depression and stress, you can pick up their depression and stress. And then if you're around, mm. you just have to hope that the person. That's the happier person is the one that's the contagious one. Not to not right. to talk about contagious too much in this world of COVID, but um, oh. but yeah. <laughs> right. So it makes sense. Like if somebody's laughing a lot, that
0: you know the whole room could feel that. You know. Oh, for sure. I mean, people say all the time, especially now, to surround yourself with the people who make you happy. Like I hear it all the time now. Just choose wisely. Choose the people that that lift you up, who make you happy. I constantly have this conversation with my daughter because she's in middle school and it's hard. Like girls are not always kind. And I just constantly am telling her to hang out with the people who lift her up and make her happy. Because if you're surrounded by people who make you happy, then you're going to be happy, you know?
1: Definitely. Definitely.
0: agree. Okay, so one of my favorite habits that you had in the book uh, in terms of relationships was small talk uh, with your partner and how that can have a huge benefit to your relationship. I find that when Ryan and I, my husband, have moments of small talk where we're just sitting at the dining room table or he's cooking in the kitchen or I'm hanging out in the kitchen and getting something ready for the kids or whatever, if we just have small talk, we are so much more connected and it seems silly because it is just small talk. Like we're talking about our day or whatever, because as a busy married couple, we're constantly going. And a lot of times we're passing in the night, you know, we're just two ships passing constantly because we have our own things going on. So I feel like the small talk actually connects us. It definitely.
1: yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of studies about that. And there's also, it's funny, there's another study that's kind of like a keystone thing that you're supposed to begin your day with your partner by saying anything interesting coming up today. And then you ask them and that like helps you to have the small talk. And then when they, at the end of the day, you say, Hey, how did that thing go? And you check in with Yes. Them. And that oh, was one, yes. that was some psychiatrist, our ther- research study did that study and said that simple habit. Anything interesting happening today? And then how did that thing go to begin and end your day like that with your partner? And then about bids for attention that, you know, sometimes, like even right now with my son, he he made a bid for attention here, although I felt awkward because I'm with you. But (laughs) um, sometimes there are bits of attention, even if I'm not doing a podcast, if I'm working, you know, and I'm like, in a moment, in a moment, like, I have to try to figure out when somebody comes to you with a bid for attention, like Mm -hmm. just to give them enough of a moment um, where they feel heard, you know, and what is it, sweetie, you know, not to be like, not now, you know, like which sometimes if you're in the midst of something and that goes for your kids, for your partner, for to pay attention to those small bids for attention that people Mm -hmm. want from you, because otherwise, Those small bids, then they can make up a story and and they can create, they they can become negative evidence collectors about that. Right. Then you like, so just to catch it, nip it, and just give them enough of of a response to their bid for attention and not be like zoned out, Yeah. which might seem obvious. I mean, maybe that's obvious, but it's enough of a problem that they did, they did studies on this. That's from John Gottman, who's from the Love Lab. He talks a lot about paying attention to your partner's bids for attention.
0: Oh, yeah. I, I think, I mean, making your partner feel seen and heard is extremely important to create a lasting relationship. Yeah, but even know? like
1: the little, like the little bids of attention, like, yeah, yeah. like to watch it with your supply of not
0: now. <laughs> you know. To- oh, yes. Yes. No, just saying. Can I will you please let me get through this email? I just have to finish this email and then I'm all yours or whatever, you know? exactly. Okay. Are there any habits that you'd like to mention? What are a couple of your favorites? It can be any, any realm, whether it's relationships. I thought it was interesting that those silly little animal
1: videos, cute animal videos that you see on YouTube can actually make you happier. That, Um, Because pets make you happier, but they did a study and found out that they call it um, adorableness therapy or cuteness therapy, I forgot. And that (laughs) just even looking at cute animals can change your emotional state. I thought that was interesting. And then I also thought that it was interesting. There was a study that I did, because these are so simple habits, like to jumpstart a better mood. And that is um, the power of awe. And this makes mm. sense that while you're while you're on vacation, that you could feel happier, that things that like you look at with awe, like a beautiful mountain, a beautiful sky, the ocean, mm. to try to like see more things that like give you they called it like awe, you know. Wow. And that you can get that again. From YouTube, which is sad that I feel like I'm recommending YouTube, but it's just like, especially with people staying in for the pandemic, you know, we weren't having that much all, you know, we were just having like, you know, our homes. And so during that time, I was telling my clients like to look at videos and there's studies that looking at beautiful, like amazing miracles of nature
0: Mm -hmm. can really
1: change how you feel.
0: I totally agree. And I love that you brought up those two because this morning I woke up to a text. Well, once I woke up, I looked at my phone and Ryan had sent my daughter and I a sweet little video of two little dachshunds. Two little dachshunds, one of them was carrying a stick and they had to get under a log that had fallen over. And the one without the stick got through perfectly and then the one with the stick got stuck. So the one without the stick went back and helped the one with the stick and they were like just waddling along carrying the stick at the end. Like it woke me up in the greatest mood because I woke up to these cute little animals who were giving me that what what did you call it? Awesomeness. Uh no, awesome. Well, that uh, was the adorableness therapy. Adorableness. Yeah. Adorableness therapy. I, And I actually have followed, I think I even started following them during the pandemics, a couple Instagram accounts that are just cute animals. I think one of them is like lovinganimals.de or something like that. And they just post sweet little videos or pictures of of adorable animals. So, I, I mean, even by following someone like that on Instagram so that it's, you know, showing you some kind of positivity throughout the day. If you're scrolling, if you're on Instagram or, or looking up YouTube, I know that there were some museums or I feel like their teachers told us that in terms of the awe and how you recommended people to go to YouTube. I think there were some places that were doing, um, like aquariums or animal, uh, preservation or recovery, uh, Foundations or whatever would do videos with their animals, or you know that you could like check in in terms of like travel or or tours. It was tours around different places that are awe inspiring, you know. And I know you can find those on YouTube. That's the good part about the internet, you know, for our kids. You know, I know that they say limit the screen time, but I do feel that there are certain things there are, that are some that can be used. With that. Yeah, definitely. I agree. And I also wanted to touch on so I know you said starting your day off with something positive and getting into that habit. I don't work out in the morning. I'm so not a morning person and I don't drink coffee and I don't, you know, I don't do, do, you know, normal things that people would incorporate into their daily routine. But what one thing I do, and I notice that it changes. The outlook on the day, the trajectory, if you will, is just making my bed.
1: Well, there's a whole study. Do you know there was a book? There is. That was, I think it's even called "Make Your Bed," and it's all about no how starting your day. Oh, is it? It's it's funny how there's so many wild research studies, but the people right. that make their bed and Google it, yeah, it's true. I so will. You're not imagining
0: it. It's it... right. I think just making my bed it yeah. makes you feel productive like check i've done one thing i actually succeeded at doing one thing today that i wanted to but get then, done but then you know what happens that that's
1: where it could become a keystone where once you accomplish that one thing then your identity is i can accomplish things and then it makes your day better you know just to follow why these things work sometimes with keystone habits is it shifts your identity slightly i'm the type of person i get things done I get things done. I'm I'm a doer, you know,
0: I'm a doer. I'm an accomplisher. I yeah. I, Oh, I love, love, love. Yay. I'm going to continue to make my bed. And actually my daughter said that to me, I don't know, a few months ago that when she makes her bed, it makes her feel good. So, um, I want to, I want to continue to do that especially over the summer. It's just so hard. They're so, you know, they're taking a break and I need, I want them to take the break. It is summer. They have earned their break time. Because they worked so hard at school. But I think incorporating that one easy thing is is so valuable. I have one I'm gonna give you before I go, which is from
1: a different book, but it kind of works as a keystone one. And it's from my book Instant Calm. And which is like a book about these little quick, easy two minute Meditations that you can kind of work into your day. Again, it, because even in Happy Habits, I say that if you make something fun, you're more likely to do it. And if you uh-huh. make something simple, you make it like, how did I... I, you just make it so ridiculously, uh, make it so crazy easy you'd be crazy not to do it, like that type of thing. So it's a, what I call a shower power meditation. So I also reframed okay. it with a fun name. And yeah. when you're in the shower in the morning, um, you imagine yourself washing away your stress or washing away worry or fear. And as you're you kind of visualize it as you're washing your, your yourself. And um, and then you look down at the drain as the water is going down the drain, you think like, bye bye. Like that's like it's now washed off of me. And then you Mm -hmm. tell yourself as I step out of the shower, I'm just leaving that behind. And it's such a simple way to meditate for people that are like having trouble meditating or, I mean, it's also no matter what, you're going to shower, you know, maybe not every day, you know, I don't know how often, but, but most every day and I like to shower in the morning. So it's just a great way to start the day.
0: Ah, yes. I love, love, love it. Any kind of visualization like that. I'm all about, especially if you're washing it off, actually in my book, I know that, I talked about this. This um, was a study where they said people would you write down anything negative that's happening to you and you literally throw it in the trash can. I love that. And if you throw it in the trash can, then you can be done with it. And it's like that actual act of throwing it away actually helps. So I love that yeah. one. That's a great one. That's a great. One. Yeah. yeah. So for your next book, <laughs> <laughs> and it's not my study; it's it's somewhere out there. So, in all of your research, I'm sure you can find that one. This has been awesome. I love just talking simple ways to make people's lives easier and happier. So great. So, uh, this is a question that I ask everybody. Um, so we'll end with this, and it can be professional, personal, whatever. But, Karen, how do you plan to be better tomorrow?
1: Ooh. Okay, how do I plan to be better tomorrow? And my son might hear this, and that's good because I want him to. My son and I have decided we're going to start to do workout sessions together.
0: Awesome.
1: So we're going to start that today. I promised him that yesterday. So that uh-huh. fits in perfectly. And he's eavesdropping. It's good for him to hear.
0: And so
1: <laughs> it will be more fun. So we're going to do he, – he's been liking to uh, doing push-ups and sit-ups, and he wants me to join him. And uh, he doesn't mm-hmm. want me to do girly push-ups, but I'm going to I'm going to start with those. I told him cuz I I you know, <laughs> yeah. right now push-ups are not I haven't been doing them. I need to catch up to yeah. my push-ups, but I promised Same. him I would start if he doesn't mock me for my girly push-ups cuz no. he's doing like the real deal and we're going to start to do some work on the mat
0: together. That's great. I think that's great. I actually wanted to incorporate that into our summer plans. Um, with my kids and I'm going to say for a little motivation for you this is a tip from your own book okay about how if you make it simple then it's easier to do so you set a simple goal you said and I think it was in regard to push-ups if you say I'm going to do three push-ups today yes so easy and you can definitely achieve that so make it easy make it easy and make make it it something fun I love I love that great idea and good luck with the workouts. So hopefully you guys stick to it. And he Thank has a lot you. of fun with mom. Yeah, of you. course. <laughs> okay, so how can people find you? I know you mentioned it in the beginning, but how can people find you? Um, well, Karen Salmonson,
1: but I'm I'm located at Not Salmon, like not the fish, Not Salmon.com for my website, Not Salmon on Facebook and Instagram. And I write books and also video courses that I make fun and simple with two to 10 minute Videos and, and then my books like Happy Habits, which is my newest, is I guess pretty much everywhere books are sold. So it, it covers all areas, as you said, like you know relationships, health, work, success, money. So it kind of goes across the board how to build better habits in all the areas of your life, and it's a fun and easy re- read too.
0: Yes, it is. I love all of the uh, the visuals. I mean, it's kind of like a, like a, what do they call it? A picture book. It's kind of like a picture book in a way because it's got great pictures, but also so much wisdom. And like you said in the beginning, it's it's the book that you want to don't want to give to your friends because they don't want to. Yeah, self help
1: that they need. Self help for people wouldn't be caught dead doing self help or self help that you can right. give to a friend
0: and they're not going to punch
1: you because it looks it looks kind of pretty.
0: <laughs> right. I love it. Great job. Great job. I'm so glad we got to connect. Continue doing awesome things with Celeste. I just love her. I know. She's great. I'm so happy to
1: be connected with you.
0: You're awesome. I love that we're both research geeks. Oh, I'm totally a research geek. If you ever need any, like, hey, "Hey, have you heard anything about this? Okay. (laughs) Just just write me an email. I will. I will. (laughs) Fellow research geek, I might be reaching out to you. I love it. I love it. Okay. Awesome. Karen, thank you so much and enjoy your workout with your son. I will. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Thanks so much for listening today. I truly appreciate each and every one of you. And I hope that this episode has allowed you to become a better version of yourself in some small or even a big way please head to wherever you listen to your podcast and click subscribe so you don't miss any future episodes. Also, head on over to the ratings and give us a five-star rating. But also, if you could write a review, that would be amazing on whatever you have enjoyed listening to and what you would like to hear of more. If you enjoy these episodes, or even if you think somebody else might enjoy them, please pass it on to a friend or a family member. To find me, you can go to Instagram at Trista Sutter or Facebook at Trista Sutter fan page. Thank you so much again. Have a great day.